You're listening to BCJ, Victoria College Jazz. Okay, if you have a look at figure eight, we've now got the object closer to the center line of the lens than the focus is. It's inside the focus, and this produces a special case. Now, in this case, we can easily draw in two of the lines. We can draw the one through the center, and we can draw the one that goes in parallel and comes out through the principal focus. But you can see that those two are not going to cross. So there's not going to be an image forming on the right-hand side of the lens. So what do you do? Well, what you do is you dot those two lines backwards, and you find out where they do cross. If you have a look at figure 9, that's been done for you, and you can see that they cross on the left-hand side of the lens. And the position that they cross in must mean that the image that you're seeing is quite large. Very large, in fact much larger than the object is. And just to prove that I can, I've drawn in the third ray in figure 9, and the third ray is the ray that goes in through the focus. Now, it doesn't actually go in through the focus. I've drawn it as if it was coming from the focus and passing through the top of the object, but you sort of see what I mean. It's a ray that would have gone through the focus. And then that's got to come out parallel, and again, we dot that back, and it crosses along with the other two. So all three cross at the same point. That must be where the top of the images. When we draw the image in, it's larger than the object, it's upright. So we've now got an upright, larger image. Do the rays of light actually go there? No they don't! We've had to dot them backwards. So it must be a virtual image. So it's not actually an image that we can project onto a piece of paper. It's an image that's going to be created by your brain and your eye by your brain and your eye tracing the light backwards just in the same way that we've dotted the lines backwards. Your eye traces the light backwards because as we've discussed before, your eye doesn't understand that light can change direction. So what we're seeing here is this is an image that is a virtual image that's formed when you put your eye on the right hand side of the lens. It's a magnifying glass. You're seeing a larger image than the object actually is, but on the same side and upright. Where do you see that? With a magnifying glass. You stick your eye on one side, you see the image on the other side, the same side as the object is, except it's bigger. That's a magnifying glass. Because your eye has traced the lines of light backwards to see where they cross. So, a virtual image... Not one that can be projected onto a piece of paper, but one that your eye can see because your eye bends the light again using its own lens, projects it back onto the back of the retina, and then uses its understanding of the physics of light to trace the lines backwards and decide where the image came from. Virtual image. Magnifying glass gives you a virtual image. You get a virtual image when the object is inside the focal distance of a convex lens. You get a real image when it's further out than the focal distance of a convex lens. Okay, And that one turns up quite a lot in the exam. You need to be able to draw that one. So uh, look for, for that one to turn up in the exam. light jazz fades away in the background there that light jazz was the free music that was available on the old radio system the only stuff that was copyright free that we could use for podcasts as that fades away i cut back into the modern podcast that i've been doing for cie on this stuff 
um, important one, the magnifying glass, turns up even more frequently on the CIE papers than it did on the old AQI papers. So spend a bit of time and effort uh, on learning how to draw that one, please. Now, you'll notice in that podcast it talked about we've discussed virtual images before, and of course in this podcast we haven't discussed virtual images before, so I do need to mention those. And that's when virtual images are formed behind plain mirrors. Now, plain mirrors don't turn up in questions much, but do occasionally turn up in the practice paper. So just be aware of plain mirrors. With plain mirrors, we're talking about reflection. And, of course, you all know that the angle of incidence equals the angle of reflection. We do that in year eight, and that's really, really easy. But if you draw an image as an arrow in exactly the same way as we've done for lenses with a plane mirror, and follow what happens to all of the rays, once again, they do not cross on the side of the mirror where we are. We have to dot them back. And it appears to us that the image actually forms behind the mirror. In fact, when you've them, dot them back carefully, you find it follow, forms at exactly the same distance behind the mirror as the object is in front of the mirror. And because we've had to dot them back, because the rays of light don't actually go there, a plane mirror also produces a virtual image. So we've got two different possibilities for a virtual image now. That's the image formed in a plane mirror, in a flat mirror, or the image formed when you have a convex lens closer to the object than its focal distance. Two different ways of producing a virtual image where we have to dot the rays of light back to find out where the image is formed. Uh, the rays of light don't actually go there, so we call that virtual. Make sure you've got that learnt and understood. And then we've got one more thing to cover before we've got light and refraction done, and that is optical fibres. Do you know what? I can't remember whether I've already done optical fibres. Let's hope I haven't, because otherwise I'll be wasting five minutes of your time. Optical fibres rely on total internal reflection. Total internal reflection occurs when light is trying to pass from a high refractive index material like glass into a low refractive material like air. So when you're going from glass or water into air, if you go, if the light's trying to transmit from one to the other at a steep enough angle, it fails to refract. It does total internal reflection. And how can we tell what a steep enough angle is? Well, we have to work out the critical angle. Critical angle, like every other angle when we're talking about light, is measured from the normal. And in order to calculate the critical angle, we take the inverse sine, shift sine, arc sine, whatever you want to call it, the shift sine of the reciprocal 1 over the refractive index of the material that the light starts off in. So if it were in a piece of glass with a refractive index of 1.5, you would do shift sine of brackets 1 divided by 1.5 close bracket, and that would get you the answer for what the critical angle is and it will come out at about 42 degrees and so you're actually required to remember that the critical angle for glass is at about 42 degrees and if we have a thin fibre of glass and we shine light along it some of the light will leak out immediately but all of that light who is hitting the edges of the glass, the parallel edges of the glass at higher than the critical angle will bounce and propagate along the length of the glass fibre. Why is this useful? Well, it's useful because one of the very simple laws, actually, of uh, communications 
is that as you increase the frequency you can increase the amount of information contained within that signal so when we're sending radio waves we can get you know, just ordinary radio on it when we go up to microwaves we can get hundreds and hundreds of television channels on a signal when we go up to infrared we can get all of the telephone conversations happening in Britain at once onto one signal unfortunately there's a second rule that says that the higher the frequency of the electromagnetic radiation that we're using to send a communication signal the more line of sight it becomes i.e. a the transmitter and the receiver have to be able to directly see each other as the frequency goes up. So for radio waves, radio waves will diffract around corners, no big deal. But when we get the microwave, you tend they tend to be able to need to see the transmitter. Now, of course, if your transmitter is a satellite a long way away in space, that's not a big issue. You've got a direct line of sight. But if you're trying to do it on the surface of the Earth, it's that bit harder. That's why mobile phones require so many mobile phone masts to be around, so that your phone's always got direct line of sight to them. And as we go even higher up in frequency to visible light or infrared light, then line of sight becomes more and more of a problem. But we can get around that by using an optical fibre. We can send a signal down an optical fibre, and because the light is totally internally reflecting, no light is lost at the reflection boundary, and the light will effectively propagate forever. Well, all right, it's not quite forever, because the glass absorbs a little tiny bit of the light, and so eventually the light will dim away to nothing. But we can get light signals to travel thousands of kilometres through a piece of optical fibre, and those infrared light signals can carry huge amounts of information. The internet exists because we have lasers that work in the infrared that can flash on and off and send ones and zeros, digital information, down optical fibres, and those optical fibres run under the Atlantic, run under the Pacific, and join the whole world together with huge, huge amounts of information. So, very fast internet, totally relies on optical fibres. So much so that in Jersey now, we're getting optical fibres being delivered to every single house so that we can download films in seconds. Huge speeds, just because... Uh, optical fibres have such great properties that light is totally internally reflected, no light is lost at each reflection, and as a consequence the light can travel over huge distances. Other uses for optical fibres, one of the other uses are medical. Because you can get your light to go round corners, you can get the light to go into the body. You can shine a light inside the body, going round the corners of your gut, for example. Get the light inside the body, light up the interior of the body, and then the other optical fibres in the same bundle carry the reflected light back out again to a camera where they form an image. That's called an endoscope. So that's using optical fibres to transmit light into the body and then take the reflected light back out of the body to a camera so we can actually see what's going on inside the body. So endoscopes, medical imaging, also incredibly important uses for optical fibres. So there you go, optical fibres finishing off this section on uh, images and reflection and refraction. And we've met quite a lot of formulas. What have we met? Well, we've met in year 8 that uh, for reflection, the angle of incidence equals the angle of reflection. Remember, you measure them both from the normal. We've now met for refraction, n1 sine theta i is equal to n2 sine theta r. Now, 
that's quite a tough one to use but quite often one or two of those either N1 or N2 will be one because the refractive index for glass for air sorry is one units for those well sine doesn't have a unit because sine is a ratio and refractive index doesn't have a unit because it's a ratio it's the ratio between the speed of light in the substance and the speed of light in air so neither one has a unit because they're both ratios we've just met the formula for critical angle the critical angle is shift sign of the reciprocal of the refractive index of the material that the light starts off in shift sign of 1 over the refractive index will give you the critical angle and there is one more that might turn up I don't know why it would turn up but there's one more that might turn up and that's that the strength of a lens which is measured in diopters is the reciprocal of the focal length of the lens measured in meters so they could potentially give you the strength of a lens rather than giving you the focal length of the lens and expect you to be able to work out what the focal length is just take the reciprocal and that gives you the focal length in meters there you go that'll do next one up is electricity